0: It's the Americans with Kim Munson. The most important story.
1: The Washington Times said the patriotic Americans donated U.S. flags after protesters raised the Mexican flag over the ICE facility.
0: The latest in politics and world affairs. It
1: is not fair that, that people come Ill- in illegally and they have three square meals a day, TVs and all. There's something that is wrong with this picture.
0: And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead.
1: When we get into conversations with people, you can get real bombastic with each other because you haven't read it. You don't know what you're talking about.
0: It's the AmeriChicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. So if you understand
1: the issue, then you can have calm, reasonable conversations.
0: Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed, let's have a conversation. I am Kim Munson and Mandy, we have a show planned for you today. Happy Thursday. Uh, wishing you a great day out there. We have in studio How are you feeling, Steve, with all these beautiful women in this studio this morning?
0: Definitely outnumbered (laughs) and minding my behavior.
1: Yeah, that is a good thing. So what a show we have planned today. We have in studio with us Debbie Cohen. And Great to have you here, Debbie. Thank you. It's great to be here. And Janet Wright, great to have you here. Hi, Kim. Thank you. And you ladies are here because we're going to be talking about something that you're you're working on, and it's Hike for Hope, and this is to help uh, girls in uh, trafficking in Nigeria, right, Janet? And also just to help the widows, victims of terrorism in Nigeria. Okay, okay great. We'll be talking about that in the second segment, okay. so it's great to have you here. And we have Patty here, our research I don't know what we're calling her exactly, research director, research analyst. It's great to have you here, Patty. Thank you, Kim. You know I always enjoy being here and being able to you know, have our conversation. Yeah. Now, to break down these issues, you have done an excellent piece. I think Zach has it up at Americhicks.com, and it should be on, on Facebook here shortly. But, you know, you and I were talking. We're, we're moms, and uh, this whole college-free college thing, and we're like, Gosh, I wonder, you know, how you know, how much do these administrators make? And you called me one day, you said you're not gonna believe it, Kim. So you have done an excellent piece and we'll be talking about that in the segments three and four. Yes. So great to have you here. So uh, let's jump in here. First of, first of all, when we look at these issues, the question typically is freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Many times politicians, you know, I, I was trying to do the acronym uh, pundits, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties. It's too much. So I'm going back to PBI, and that's politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties. Are, are actually trying to make things so complex that we busy people throw up our hands and go, oh, go ahead and take care of it. Well, we're seeing what the uh, results of that mm-hmm. are, and we need to walk this back. So, so when you're looking at any issue, it, it's freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Is somebody out there picking winners and losers? And if that's the case, then we need to pump the brakes on this, stop mm-hmm. it, and take a look at that. Ultimately, socialism comes down to force. Right now, it's being romanticized in our country, but when you it, when you come down to force, typically um, bad things happen. Uh, I think many of you know, but uh, it's important to remind our young people. That Nazi, the word Nazi actually stands for National Socialist German Workers' Party. The word socialist is in there, and not very good things happened with them. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, socialism comes down to force. And uh, we're seeing kind of uh, through policy the socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. These are the things that make our life better. We want those to be free. We don't want, not free as far as we don't have to pay for it, but free markets on that. So uh, thank you, producer Steve. It's great to have you here. If you weren't here, it would be a real problem.
0: (laughs) No comment. Okay.
1: And Patty, thank you to you for all the amazing research that you do. It's my pleasure. Thank you. And the rest of the team, Zach, Keith, and Charlie, we really appreciate you keeping this train on the track. And thank you to each of you listeners out there. You're valued. You're treasured. You have a purpose. And each day we're adding, you know, strive for excellence in your life. Take care of your heart, soul, mind, and body. So we're going to jump in here with our inspiration Nelson Mandela. And uh, I thought, since Patty's going to be in and we're talking about education, that's what I would uh, uh, do regarding our inspiration, our funnies, and our quote at the end of the show. And Nelson Mandela said, education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. And we've seen the education system in America. It's been pushing us away from the American idea. And he's right. It is how you change the world. And that's why we do this show, so that you can get your brain around these issues and that we can protect freedom, protect the American idea. Okay, Steve. Are you ready?
0: Look out, ladies.
1: Okay. It's today's funnies. Okay. Finding one of her students making faces at others on the playground. Ms. Smith stopped to gently reprimand the child. Smiling sweetly, the Sunday school teacher said, Johnny, when I was a little girl, I was told that if I made ugly faces, it would freeze and I would stay like that. And little Johnny looked up and replied, well, Miss Smith, you can't say you weren't warned. (laughs) 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 There
0: there it is again. I, I just don't know why Johnny is the one who always gets singled out.
1: Oh, you know what? excuse me, it said little Stevie looked up and replied, <laughs> <laughs> better, you better watch out. You know, what? you never know what's going to be coming down the pike on that. Let's uh, jump into some, some art, some, uh, headlines. First thing yesterday, Governor Polis, uh, attended a meeting with the, um, a, a number of oil and gas people. And, uh, he's, uh, he said, "The oil and gas defenders. This is from usnews.com. Oil and gas defenders, uh, critics test Colorado's new law. It says the petroleum industry's defenders and critics are testing the limits of a new Colorado law that flips the state's priorities from producing energy to quote unquote protecting the public. Democrat Governor Jared Polis signed the bill into law on a- April 16th. In addition to switching the state's top priority to public health and the environment." It it, um, gives cities and counties new powers to regulate the drilling locations. The Colorado Oil and Gas Conservation Commission is in the early stages of rewriting its rules to comply with the law, which is referred to as Senate Bill 181, and several counties are looking at drafting their own regulations. It's too early to measure the impacts, but the industry is clearly concerned. The Colorado Oil and Gas Association invited Pulis to speak Wednesday at a session titled, Can You Still Drill for Oil in a Blue State? Polis told the audience that was a silly question. He said, international markets and overseas instability have more impact on the industry than state regulations. I'm going to stop right there. I totally disagree with what, what he said there. I think that that is, is um, you know, last night the girls were over. And uh, uh, Christy said, you know, I really think that we need to call things what they are. And she said, I, I, I think instead of saying that that is disingenuous, we should say that that is a bold-faced lie. So I think, Christy, uh, hats off to you. I'm going to say, I think that's a bull-faced lie, okay? He said, um, He said, uh, let's see, energy is not inherently political. It's inherently economic. Then why on earth are they passing legislation, Patty? I know. I, I don't understand it myself.
2: And when I saw this article, especially when Governor Polis said, this is a silly question. To me, that was demeaning towards the people that were at the conference as well as to the people here in Colorado who are very concerned. Um, well, we, to all we those in, the people that work in that industry. Right. I was yeah. just going to say the economic impact on the people who work on it and even us as the consumers of gas and oil to just, you know, we're all looking at it as he talks about his 100% renewable plan by 2030. Or 2040. Or 2040, that hmm. he's just going to uh, cut off the spigot. And... and you know, it's interesting because one of the other articles I picked up was a town in Texas that Let's talk about that right where um, that's exactly what they did. They 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 thought, okay, we're a red state, predominantly Republicans here, running um, the city. We'll, we'll give it a try. They got a grant from uh, Bloomberg's foundation, and they are so far in debt right
1: now, and they're not getting the energy that they need for the city. And uh, this was from Fox News and Chuck DeVore. The title is Green New Deal Preview. Texas Town's lofty environmentalism leaves residents with a nightmare. And he says it wasn't supposed to be this way. Georgetown, Texas, population 75,000 was to be the new poster child of the green movement. Environmental interest in Georgetown's big push to generate all of its electricity from wind and solar was amplified by three factors. The town and its mayor were nominally Republican. Georgetown is an oil and natural gas rich state, and that state is a deep red state. I'm going to just mention something here, and that is sometimes we have uh, foxes in sheep clothing. And uh, what you see in areas that may be predominantly Republican, and Republican doesn't always mean conservative. Um, and uh, what you'll see is um, people that that don't don't hold those those um, Inherent Republican ideals of freedom for the individual, protecting our rights, uh, they may actually run as Republicans, but they may push forward policies that are inherently progressive, um, radical progressive. So I think that might have been what happened, Patty. I, I agree. Okay. So what happened then? Last October, while the Green Dream was still in full flower, <laughs> <no pun> intended), <laughs> the city applied for a $1 million grant from former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg's nonprofit Bloomberg philanthropics and it. another point here we are seeing then private money come in you're seeing cities use this money to push forward an agenda so bloomberg is is brilliant in this way is he is is giving them enough money and then they're taking staff and they're taking dollars and they're pushing forward this this uh, religion if you will and i thought the government i thought that there was a a, a separation of church and state patty no i agree in in as the article progresses, it even
2: says that at the end, they want to get out of this Bloomberg Foundation grant, and they're trying to figure out
1: how because they're tied into it. Once you take the money. Right. Once you take the money. And uh, so continuing on with that, they said it was um, the money was to be used for uh, energy storage, innovation, and in batteries. The grant's only real requirement was that the city serve as a public relations platform in bloomberg's push to convince america to uh, americans to abandon affordable fossil fuels and reliable fossil fuels and switch to more costly renewable energy trouble started when politicians promise of cheaper renewable energy was mugged by reality right imagine that <laughs> imagine that georgetown's electric bills went up as uh, more wind and solar power displaced cheaper natural gas in the power portfolio of georgetown's municipal utility politicians scrambled for cover and the bloom came off georgetown's renewable rose now largely embarrassed members of the city council are trying to figure out how to unwind the renewable mess they and their predecessors voted themselves into with their municipal utility facing a seven million dollar shortfall money that uh, has to be made up by the city residents through higher electricity costs the city council voted five one in july to instruct the staff to figure out how to wriggle out of the bloomberg pr deal On August 13th, the council voted 5-0 to officially kill the deal. The city is also raising property taxes. The council member who asked for the vote said he wasn't opposed to renewable energy, but that in the light of the city's uh, utilities deficit, the city should focus on basics rather than doing experiments. Uh, I think that perhaps Colorado might pay a little bit of attention to this. This um, 2040 mandate of totally renewable in Colorado is unachievable. And ultimately, we, I had Don Watkins on yesterday with the Center for Industrial Progress. And uh, energy poverty uh, is uh, something that uh, we see in third world countries. Debbie and Janet will be talking about Nigeria, where women, uh, a large part of their day is just uh, trying to make sure that they have fuel and water. And so when you have reliable, affordable uh, energy, then instead of them burning dung or wood, uh, to cook and take care of their families, uh, they actually don't have to go out and collect that. And if they have that 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 reliable energy, it's affordable, then they can start to do other things to enhance their lives. And so this whole thing, you know, the bloom is coming off the rose, and we continue to talk about this every day because we are in the business of, of the American idea. The American idea has helped more people thrive and flourish than any time in history, and uh, my friends, we need to make sure that we talk about it, get our brain around it, and uh, be able to converse with our our friends, our family, and our colleagues about this, because we are in a great battle of ideas right now. So let's go to break. Uh, When we come back, let's focus on Janet Wright and Debbie Cohen. Uh, They have a real heart for the girls in Nigeria. You won't want to miss this, and then Patty Kurgan in segments three and four will talk about uh, the cost of college. We'll be right back.
3: Looking for an awesome place to host your draft party? Look no further than Hooters. With tons of TVs, free Wi-Fi, world-famous wings, and ice-cold beer, you're probably thinking, it doesn't get any better than that. But wait, at Hooters, it does. Every fantasy league gets a free draft kit and over $200 in Hooters swag. Join us for fantasy football done Hooter style. Book now at Hooters.com football. That's Hooters.com football.
4: See you at Hooters. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email kim at americhicks.com. For your initial style consult, kim at americhicks.com.
0: All Americhicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the Americhicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you'd like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on AmeriChicks.com. You don't know me.
1: Hey, welcome back. I'm Kim Munson, and we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. And uh, in the last uh, segment or in the last break, you heard the ad for Hooters. And yesterday I (laughs) had mentioned that I had met uh, somebody for lunch over there last week and I had, uh, they have a new product. It's chicken chips. And uh, uh, Steve came back to me and said, you know, you might want to be really careful and make sure that you have good diction when you're talking about that. And so actually, I think I'm going to call them chips that are made from chicken. (laughs) <laughs> how's that but they're really delicious but that was a good catch on that so the, the uh, chips that are made from chicken over at Hooters are really good okay so <laughs> okay ladies um, something more serious Uh we have Janet Wright and Debbie Cohen in studio we're talking with you in this segment and then Patty Kurgan about your piece at AmeriChicks.com on, uh, on segments 3 and 4 so Janet Wright let's start with you uh, what's going on in Nigeria right now um,
5: Kim we are Voices for Nigeria, and we met. I met the woman who originally um, had encouraged the Chabot girls that were kidnapped in uh, 2014 to go to school. And when the few that escaped from Boko Haram, um, she took care of them in her own home for almost nine months. When I met her, um, and this was that without any government aid, without anything else. She runs an organization in Nigeria that's been around for almost 25 years working with Muslims and Christians. Nigeria is half Christian, half Muslim. And um, when I met her, there was a target on her back by Boko Haram to take her out for her now, work. What is Boko Haram exactly? Boko Haram, it stands for Western Education is Forbidden. And it <sighs> began in... Uh, Two thousand nine. sounds like some of our universities. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. <laughs> so. And so, it has been funded in two thousand nine. It was considered one of the most deadliest terrorist organizations in the world, and uh, they were the ones who had kidnapped the Chabot girls way back when. Yeah, I remember that. And you know, let's let's remind people what
1: happened. They didn't they? Uh, they kidnapped all these
5: girls and. I mean, as very, very young, right? Right. There were um, 276, and most of them were Christian girls. Um, they were kidnapped, taken. Were to, they at school or where, yes, were they? they were at school in Chibok, and um, these terrorists come in and kidnap them. Kidnapped them, and then took them to the camp in the Sambisa Forest in Borno State, and they raped them. Um, a lot of were impregnated. It was a horrible situation. As you recall, there was an organization called Bring Back Our Girls. The right. good thing they did was they raised awareness. However, the bad thing they did, not one dime that they raised went towards helping those girls. So really? I th- appreciate what you're saying to question what we hear in the news because a lot of things that can appear good, that it doesn't end up in the right hands. And so um, the woman that I work with, or we work with in Nigeria. You will never hear her name. It's called Gabasawa. But she has done everything as a volunteer on her own dime uh, to take care of these girls. And she's from Borno State where all the terrorism happened. She's been personally impacted. Her parents' home was burned to the ground. A lot of friends have died. Her brother-in-law was slaughtered. So... And how did you meet her? Oh, that's probably too long to be telling oh, okay, you okay <laughs> okay so
1: but uh, suffice but, it to say that you two were uh, were brought together yes okay we
5: were and um, I think after knowing her for five years the integrity of her heart and the uh, her intentions she is a woman of incredible integrity uh, fearless courageous and of deep faith okay what happened to the Boko Haram girls did they eventually were they some got away, or what happened with them? Um, there were about nine of them that escaped from the camp, um, and they've been—they have been freed to some degree. They've been uh, political ploys for the Buhari okay. administration, okay. and that's a whole other area. What what we're dealing with now is we had sent, um, as you know, the numbers that they give for people that have been killed or kidnapped or displaced. It's funny because now the the numbers you read are less than what we had statistically five years ago. So (laughs) there's some censorship in the government about what's actually happening.
1: And there's a reason why, you know, we do all this stuff on computers. But if you have something that is an important fact, I recommend that you save it, copy it, because those numbers can change and you don't realize that. So we want to get over here to Debbie, but
5: very quickly, Nigeria used to be a prosperous country. Yes. It is still the wealthiest country in um, Africa. It has the largest population of nearly 200 million. Um, The thing that is interesting about this, that I don't, you know, we do humanitarian work. We are trying to help women and we're trying to reestablish an economic foundation um, because it's been so destroyed by the terrorism that's going on with Boko Haram and then also the Fulani militants that have come in. In 1989, there was a convention in Abuja, which is the capital of Nigeria, um, with the Organization of Islamic States. Their stated goal was to Islamize Africa, and at that time, the president of Nigeria personally gave $20 million towards that goal. Well, what's happened in the last 30 years that has systematically Been happening. What I appreciate about your show is that the man that's the president right now, Buhari, he is part, even though it is unofficial, he is is allowing a lot of the freedom of the terrorism trying to implement an Islamic state in Nigeria. What we know from meeting with people in D.C. and some other areas, officials of other African countries, they have said if Nigeria falls into the hands of becoming an Islamic state. All of Africa will follow. The importance of helping Nigeria, at least those people that have been victims of terrorism, is critical. It will change the geopolitical um, dynamic Mm -hmm.
1: globally. And you'd mentioned that as he was elected that that actually the elections
5: were somewhat rigged. Somewhat rigged. Oh, my gosh. They had uh, on video... Ten-year-old kids that had a voter card that were voting. The districts that Buhari did not win, they have this on video. They were tearing up the the votes. Mm-hmm. So, again, what you're doing is so important that we become informed that we don't fall asleep um, at the wheel. We think we're so secure where we are in America. Nigeria would have said, we are the strongest democracy in Africa, and yet in a very short period of time, it is in a mess. Inflation is out of control, um, just the corrupt, okay. everything.
1: So the American idea, you know, um, Patty, you and I are involved with Vino and Veritas, Dr. Tom Cranawitter, which is the study of the Federalist Papers that we're doing, and, and it's amazing. We have three of them now, one over at Jen's at uh, Water Edge Winery and then down at uh, Colorado Cork and Keg, and then up at uh, Ginger and Baker up in Fort Collins, and we are studying the Federalist Papers, and uh, Dr. Cranawitter and I have continued to have conversations, and I've always I've I've said that I've always thought the the American idea and the Christian idea are so connected because. Mm-hmm. Both of them value the individual, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and but and Christ doesn't use force. He says you can choose whether or not you want to believe in me or not. And uh, America is uh, basically, you know, it's a free it was founded on freedom and liberty as well. But what I've learned, Patty, is that uh, America the value of the individual, but the real thing is, is the American idea has been put in place to protect those inalienable rights of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And that is what has empowered the American idea to, uh, to allow everyday people to thrive and, and flourish. And we're seeing in public policy that we're taking away that, that right of uh, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And that's what the big fight is about. Right, Patty? Exactly. It's, it's force versus freedom. And they're
2: trying to force us into so many different activities that we don't want to
1: participate in whatsoever. Okay, so on that, we're going to talk, well, we'll have you, we'll, we'll talk some more about that, but Debbie Cohen, it is so good to have you in studio, and you and Janet are working together, and uh, obviously, you know, money would help, and so you are, can talk to us about this hike for hope. Now, what is this
3: exactly, Debbie Cohen? Well, yes, we do um, uh, want to be able to raise some money for uh, Voices for Nigeria. And so we have this um, Hike for Hope for the month of September. It is a couple things. One, um, the sponsorship, where we're asking people to do what they love. A lot of people here in Colorado love hiking, getting out and seeing the colors. Even taking a stroll up the Kenosha Pass, seeing the beautiful colors is mm, a hike. And so we're asking people to do those hikes and maybe put a goal on it. Say, I want to do 15 miles in the month of September, seeing the colors, and then collect people that are your friends and colleagues at work and, um, you know, to sponsor you for a certain amount of money per mile. And once you've uh, done that, then you can donate it to Voices for Nigeria. Um, you can go to the website, voicesfornigeria.org and download the information, um, for, um, getting a sponsorship form that you can actually keep track of that. We have a couple hikes that we're sponsoring. I'm going to be leading one on September 14th to Herman Gulch, and it's about a 6.3-mile round trip up by Dillon. And then we have another one that's being led by Sandy Stoller, who's also part of this uh, fundraising effort uh, at Dawson Butte down by Castle Rock.
1: Okay, so just clarify this for me. So some people can they can just do what a hike that they like, and they can just have their friends sponsor them on that. Or you guys will be organizing some hikes, so you could hike with other people and get to know know some new
3: folks. Exactly, and the hikes that we're leading are considered a flat donation, so that's one way that you can contribute if you don't want to do the sponsorship. And those actually you can find on. Meetup groups, which uh, Weekend Plus is one of them that you can go to and sign up for that. Or um, uh, South Denver um, Social Club, you can do that as well. Or you can just go to the VoicesForNigeria.org and look under the events page and find the information and reach us directly. And sign up for it that way.
1: Great, and there's a contact uh, information there as well. So that's Voices for the Number Four Nigeria dot org. Uh, ladies, thank you. Uh, you truly inspire me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we want to talk to somebody else. That don't tell him, but he inspires me also. Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management. How are you doing?
0: I heard you.
1: Uh oh. <laughs> so what is going? Is this not amazing, Jason? What these ladies are doing to help? I remember uh, when when those girls were uh, kidnapped, and I, I remember the pictures of the camps. And, and here, Debbie Cohen and Janet Wright are in here doing something about it. Don't you love it?
0: I, I think it's great. You find the best people to come on your show. I know I do. I yeah. mean, thank
1: you. <laughs> I should say thank you. <laughs> I am blessed. <laughs> so what is going on out there, Jason?
0: Well, I wanted to uh, talk today about uh, one provision that came into the tax cut code that actually kind of took something away from us that that people should be aware of, and that's the ability to undo a Roth conversion. It was called a Roth recharacterization, Kim. And it used to be that if you converted your IRA to a Roth IRA, and then, if something happened, let's say, let's say you converted in the middle of this year uh, or today, and then either a you made a mistake, and some kind of big windfall of income came in later in the year you weren't expecting, so now you're in a higher tax bracket than you thought. Well, you could undo that that conversion uh, to help out with. Not paying the the extra taxes on the conversion, or you know sometimes folks would convert uh you know maybe the investment they picked didn't do so well, and now their their money has gotten cut in half or something similar to that there' are just all kinds of reasons that you might convert, and then later on. Wish that you hadn 't due to tax reasons, uh, and Kim, you used to be able to undo that conversion you had up until October fifteenth of the following year to undo it, and now you can 't uh, They took away that that provision with the tax cut code, so if you do a Roth conversion now. You're stuck with it, so it just takes a little bit of extra care and planning before you uh, pull the trigger or push the button whatever way you want to put it.
1: Okay, and that is really important. And, you know, we talk about this all the time, Jason, and that is sitting down you with you and doing a discovery session uh, so that people can understand where they are. There's no pressure if things are going great with where they are perfect if you can help them great also Uh, with that though you and I are doing this great event on September 16th over at Jen Hewlin's Waters Edge Winery Nuts and Bolts and uh, you've got a story about a Roth conversion that um, I think people would really uh, it would behoove them to hear and I'd like you to I hope you will tell that that night
0: that night okay well uh, I'll do whatever you say, Kim. You're the boss.
1: <laughs> I'm going to tell Melissa that you said that, okay? <laughs>
0: well. You uh, say that to her, that too, mean I know. She's the boss.
1: <laughs> so, anyway, it's great. Uh, it's going to be a great event. Go to uh, my website. You can sign up there, or you can go to chickspresidential.com. Reservations are coming in at a brisk pace, and so you'll want to have uh, a seat there. And it's going to be a really fun evening, Jason
0: yeah i think it will and uh you might learn something useful as well that's one of the points of it so i think anything you can learn to it's just these little extra edges, maybe get a little extra thought, a little more knowledge, those little things can really add up over time to, to make you a better investor, make you a little bit more aware, hopefully a little bit smarter, so we'd love to have folks uh, come and uh, meet with you and me and Jeff Hirsch from uh, New York. Uh, we'll, we'll rib him a little bit about uh, about his residence, and <laughs> it'll it'll just be a good, a real good evening. So, as you said, Kim, a couple of ways to sign up: uh, go to your website Americhicks.com. You can go to ChicksPresidential.com, or wait, you know, about an hour or so. Let Natalie get the phones going at work and call us three zero three. Six nine four sixteen hundred.
1: Okay, Jason, thanks so much again. That number is 303-694-1600. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks. Okay, we're going to go to break. When we come back, Patty Kurgan has uh, done an amazing piece. You can find it at Ameritix.com titled, Parents are Trading Guardianship of Children for College Financial Aid. Uh, When Patty found this headline, she calls, You're Not Going to Believe It. You're not going to believe it either. So we're going to talk with Patty when we come back.
0: Are you looking for news, not propaganda? Ready for a news source you can actually trust? How about a news site that doesn't want to sell you a subscription? Visit CompleteColorado.com to see all the latest news from around Colorado. Complete Colorado's staff scours news sources from around the state and nation to bring you only the top stories that affect you right here in our great state. Updated three times a day, CompleteColorado.com has full-time reporters doing original investigations and reporting like newspapers used to do as well as opinion and political commentary from a variety of Colorado voices. And CompleteColorado.com is the only place to read columnist Mike Rosen. Always fresh content, always free, always informed. CompleteColorado.com, your complete source for Colorado news.
4: Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the Americhicks at Waters Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. In Fort Collins, attend Vino and Veritas at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson with the Americhicks would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Loveland, Presidential Wealth Management Greenwood Village, Tina Francon with Straightforward Shooting, and Grand Lake U.S. Constitution Week for their generous support. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today at Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back. I am Kim Munson. We are
1: dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation, fabulous conversation with Janet Wright and Debbie Cohen this last segment. And thrilled to have in studio, we haven't quite figured out, research director, research analyst, all of the above, Patty Kurgan. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Kim. And you have written a really important piece. You can find it at com, And I think Zach's going to be putting it on Facebook here shortly. But, you know, you do all this amazing research for us. And uh, people say, well, we all talk. We're like, we could do two or three hours of important information. But we try to pack it all into an hour. I think I need to start to, to talk like... Um, being an auctioneer. That way we can get it all done. Although some people do say I talk kind of quickly. I was going to say at times you are talking quickly. <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot to talk about. But you called me. You said, Kim, you're not going to believe this. So set this up for us, Patty.
2: Well, I, I came across this article, um, hit the front page of the Wall Street Journal. And it's talking about parents giving up the guardianship of their children for financial aid. and For that, college. For college. And that just went right through my heart. It's like, so... I mean, I, I have three kids, and I love them dearly. And that thought would never cross my mind. For for extra dollars for college, I'm going to give my kids up. The the guardianship. It it just was such a disconnect for me. And I'm like, you know, what's going on, and what would motivate somebody to do this? Because there's a lot of implications, moral implications. Uh, social, financial implications. And what it gets down to is some people, the the student, their child wants to go to a a school and it's rather expensive and they don't have the funds. So they're like, well, you know, if that's where you want to go, okay, what I'll do is I'll transfer, like in in this article, the, the mother transferred guardianship to her business partner. I guess she wasn't making as much money. And then the child actually received the bulk of their t- college tuition, which is $65,000 um, through financial aid. And the, the difference of 18000 was picked up by their grandparents. But it's like, you know what? Um, there's a lot of good schools out there that don't cost $65,000 a year. Why does your child have to go to this one? And, you know i i I started my youngest one graduated in two thousand fourteen, so I'm like, okay, so it was expensive back then. his last year was fifty five thousand dollars. It's like, okay, so how much higher is it now it's seventy one thousand dollars per We're year what? per year, right And it's like you know the average person here in Colorado is like around fifty eight thousand dollars what they make, so how do it's you take a long that? time to to pay that off exactly well. And in my research, one of the things I found since the 1980s, the cost of tuition has gone up eight times. But wages haven't. They're pretty much stable. Maybe a little bit of a boost, but the starting wages for most of these kids is not comparable in any shape or form to the 8% that the tuition's gone up. Well, and Patty, in
1: 2010, the federal government took over the student loan program. And whenever you get government involved, typically the prices go up. So we have seen the the cost of tuition go up significantly, and and you realize that that um, that they're not guaranteeing that the student is going to have a job. They imply it when you look on the back of the buses or whatever. It's like go after your dreams, come to this college. Or but but there's all this financial aid. These kids are being kind of sold a bill of goods. They're not realizing that they really are going to have to pay off these loans. The professors. And administrators don't have to have results because kids will get out and they're like, well, wait a minute. I thought I was going to make six figures and be in a corner office, and um, that's not the case.
2: Exactly. It's amazing just listening to my kids when they were in college, and they would be, you know, they come on over to the house, and the kids would be talking like, yeah, well, I'm going to be making 80 grand or 100 grand. And I was telling the kids, I go, you know, the reality is when you first start out, you'll be happy if you make 60 you know, you feel good about making sixty, and they were all looking at me like, "Oh no," because I'm going to this school, and mm-hmm. you know, they're telling me I'm going to make this kind of money. And I go, "Well, they can say that." So what but happened? It's not reality because
1: you saw the results. What happened? Did these kids come out and were making six figures? Uh,
2: I think the highest one with my last son was around seventy thousand. Uh-huh. Most of the students were making around forty to forty-five. Some kids didn't really find the job that they wanted, so they went to graduate school.
1: And, and incurred more debt. And,
2: right, exactly. And then I just want to go back to a comment that you made with the 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 colleges. They really have no skin in the game. They all they care about from what I've seen, even personally with some of my children's friends, they help those kids get that financial aid as mm-hmm. a freshman. When they leave they, they just say, bye, thanks for coming. We wish you the best of luck. Thanks thank, for the money. Thanks for the money. I hope you can pay it back, the loan, right? But there, there's no guidance there for these kids. They're worried about the next group coming in.
1: You know, Patty, I just have to mention one thing that um, I was thinking about this is I have helped clean out a number of dorm rooms <laughs> and apartments. So I've been on college campuses at the end of the school year. And I have been appalled at the way many people leave their dorm rooms or their apartments. You know, I, I've always said to my kids, we try to leave something better than how we found it. And uh, you you see kids that that have graduated, and they may be talking about sustainability, climate change, all the all all of that, but they don't leave their little, you know, their little thing that they were responsible for. In good repair when they leave, and I'm—I was—I'm thinking, aren't we trying to raise people of high character, people that take care of things, that we're passing something good on to the, the next person behind us? And I—I—I I, I know that there are some professors that do that, but I'll tell you, I've been on college campuses and, and seen what people how they leave their dorm rooms as they they walk out the door, and it's pretty disrespectful. I mean, I think we should be teaching respect. I agree. I mean, I've seen the same thing and. My kids always
2: rolled their eyes because I'm like, "No, we're going to make sure this place was cleaner than when we first
1: entered it. You don't leave a mask for somebody else." Exactly. And so I've been astonished at that. At that. So here we have kids paying anywhere fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year in tuition, and they're getting financial aid. Of course, we have these Democrat candidates who are now talking about free college. And uh, so you did some amazing. Research. So you and I are talking. We're like, well, I wonder how much these administrators are making. And you should go to Americhix.com and see Patty's piece. And uh, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about those numbers. How about that, Patty? Sounds good. Okay, we'll be right back. Award winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with Remax Alliance. As a director with the National Association
4: of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in homeownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers with GUR,
1: Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping golden retrievers find their forever homes. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with Remax Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516.
0: Come join the 88 drive-in for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Friday, August 23rd through Thursday, August 29th, features will include Angry Birds 2, The Lion King, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steam cup of hot chocolate for more information go to our facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net you get more out of life when you go out to a movie
2: Cause now it's to cry, to cry.
1: <laughs> welcome back i'm kim munson where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left agree or disagree let's have a conversation and, uh, you know, we're we're delving deep into these issues. And one of the reasons is <clears throat> is because of our fabulous research director, and that is Patty Kurgan. We have her in studio. She's written this really important piece, go to merchicks.com about parents are trading their guardianship of children for college financial aid. And right before we went to break, we talked about making sure that you, you're passing something good on to the next generation. And, Patty, you and I both cleaned out dorm rooms at uh, – you know, colleges and apartments that I've seen people that, that they just kind of walk away. They And these are students that may be pontificating about sustainability and, and um, recycling and all, and which is all, you know, those are all laudable things. However, they did not leave their little corner of the world in good repair when they left. And I'm like... How does that happen? And they're spending all of this money, and they're t- and, you know taking out this financial aid, and then they're they're getting this idea that somebody else should pay for that. Janet, Wright, That kind of hit a hot button with you, didn't it? Because you know you're helping the girls with uh, uh, um, hope for uh, let's see uh, uh, Nigeria voices for Nigeria. voices. For Nigeria. voices for, yeah, sorry, but I, I'm getting the two <laughs> things mixed up here. Hike for Hope and Voices, voices for, for Nigeria. Nigeria. So you wanted to make a comment?
5: I did. Because what we have been doing is a farming project for women that have lost their homes, their families, their husbands, everything. And I thought, what a contrast. When you're talking about entitlement here, these women have lost everything. In Nigeria. In Nigeria, there are hundreds of them that want the opportunity to work to start farming so they can take care of themselves and also give back to their communities of women that are in these internally displaced persons camps that have no way of feeding themselves. And I thought, they've been through trauma we can't even imagine. And they are excited to be given the opportunity to work, to provide for themselves. And I think that's one of the most encouraging things to me, and also the contrast of what I see in this country. These women don't expect anything. They are so grateful that somebody is giving them the opportunity to take care of themselves.
1: And the word grateful is so important. Patty, I just have to mention another thing that you brought up, and that is uh, the New York Times 1619 Project, where they are continuing to wanting to, to try to divide Americans, and they're going to use this whole race slavery issue because it was 400 years ago that the first slaves were brought to America. Now, let's let's think about What's going on in America? Even the you know the Heritage Foundation had done a report, and even the poor in America live better than many of the rich in other countries. They have air conditioning, they have cars, they have TVs, they have uh, cell phones, and we are moving away from being grateful. And uh, that is um, you know you can either be grateful or you can be envious, and uh, or you can feel entitled. I think Debbie, you'd mentioned that during break. So with that, though, let's get back to, I guess, okay. yeah. <laughs> where we're at on that. You did some important research on, uh, I think, many uh, many American kids feel entitled that they should go to college. And they feel that somebody else should pay for it. And uh, why is college so expensive? Let's And you and I thought, I wonder how much those administrators make. And you're going to be shocked.
2: Yes, I was shocked when I started looking this up. There's a great website out there that has all the compensation for, I think, over 600 uh, private schools and public schools. And my alma mater, um, Duke, the the president in 2018 made almost $1.3 million. Someone has to pay for that. And it's the students Mm -hmm. Uh, coming home to Colorado at the Colorado State University. The uh, president, and at the time was Chancellor Anthony Frank, he made $1.1 $1. $1 million in 2018. And again, that's a public institution. Somebody has to pay for it. It's those students.
1: Okay, I just have to say something. You know what? We're going to see this big assault on Tabor, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. And they're going to be talking about we need more money for education. Uh, quite frankly, maybe we don't. Maybe we need to watch, uh, get, have transparency where the money's going. So thank you, Patty. Continue.
2: Right. Well,
1: I, I th- you know, there's a lot of shocking numbers here.
2: And he, my understanding is he, he will be great, Mark Kennedy, for CU Boulder. I did have to question, though, a couple of things. His base salary is $650,000, and then he has another $200,000 as a possible performance incentive. And one of the incentives of $50,000 was that he would do four forms outside the Boulder, Colorado Springs and for Collins' area. And and the fact of the matter is you would think that that would be part of his job. So why and he only has to do four. So why does he get that $50,000 bonus? It and that,
1: and that's per, isn't it? Or is it a total of 50 for doing all four of those? 50,000 for all four. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: And or he he gets another $50,000 for reaching out to alumni and donors. Again, Isn't that your job? Isn't that your job? Okay. So, um, you know, from everything I've read, he'll do a great job. The fact of the matter, though, is when you start looking at the numbers, it's like,
1: okay, maybe we're... A little too much. And so his total compensation, and you researched it out, is going to be a million dollars. So quite frankly, maybe going out and trying to start your business, uh, you know, where you're putting out all this risk uh you know, it, it takes a lot to get to a point where you're making a million dollars a year. And, um, you know, I think there's something wrong with this picture, Patty. Uh, I agree. It's, again, especially as a public institution and it's the taxpayers that are paying for
2: it, it, it does make the head sort of go, what's going on? And then when you couple it with some of the politicians today running for president saying it's going to be free college. Well, we all know that nothing is free. Someone's going to pay for it in the end. So who is it? Well, when your tax dollar goes up, again, the assault on Tabor, if you take off the revenue limit, it's going to be the higher income. And, and even, you know, $100,000, some people go, wow, if you have three, four kids, that, that's not a whole lot of money. Right.
1: You can okay? go through $100,000 pretty quickly when you have children. Right, especially if you're saving for college. Yeah. Uh, let's go through just a few others because I find this interesting, uh, Colorado college uh, and we should, you know, what, why don't we talk a little bit about, uh, the, um, let's see the, didn't you have the, uh, yeah, here, the, uh, tuition. So for example, at Duke university, the tuition per year is almost $72,000 per year. I mean, very few people can pay, pay that. So what right. you're, what you're seeing it, is, is the middle class is getting squeezed. People with a lot of money can pay that. And then you see uh, some people get to go to these schools for free because they're disadvantaged. Right. And, and just for the fun of it, last night I googled what was the
2: tuition at Duke when I was there? And it was $4,000 a year. And now it's up to 71000 Almost
1: $72,000. Did you go there 200 years ago? Yeah. I n- uh. <laughs> Do I look that bad? <laughs> Honestly, Patty, that was not that long ago. I know. And it was $4,000. Okay. And you had yeah. said uh, earlier that uh, college tuition had gone up eight times. Right. That's almost... The 1980s. That's almost 18 times. Right. 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 Am I doing the math right? Yeah. Well, you know, that's a private... University. And they so, do that. So it's a little bit different. Than, but than, but uh, these kids are taking public loans. They're taking public money right. to pay that tuition now. Right. And, and
2: the thing, too, going back to what really got me doing this research was the guardianship, giving up guardianship. So when the students, like it, the, one of the parents, the the family was making over $250,000, and they had a home over a million dollars. The mom was saying though that we are cash poor we 've already spent six hundred thousand dollars on our other children going to elite schools so that 's why we 're doing it with our daughter here. Well, you have that you know uh, population actually gaming the system uh-huh. just like uh, Rick Singer.
1: And then and let's see, Rick Singer was the the one with the Operation Varsity Blues where uh, the got it. the very like so the Laurie Laughlin and exactly, yeah
2: um paying off. So what happens though is that money who is really supposed to be for the true, you know, lower class or or, or, or lower, lower middle class. Yeah. They can't get the funds because it's going to the higher middle class. But it, to your point though, it is it really is the middle class. Um, That's getting squeezed, especially if you have three kids. It's 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 very tough. I mean, I have three children. I was very fortunate. They all did college in three years, so that fourth year they were motivated to do. They were motivated to do it because they all knew that that fourth year they would have to take out a loan. And and I and as a responsible parent, I was making them responsible, saying, okay, this is how far we can go with the funds that we have. Okay, the fourth year, you're going to have to look for other money, and you will pay it back. You will not default on it. If you take it out, you sign the papers,
1: it is your responsibility to pay it back with interest. Patty, the other point is, is when we moved away from people earning scholarships, remember scholarships? Ladies were probably old enough to remember that scholarships used to be a way that you could fund college and uh, and you would work hard in school so that you could get good marks. You would do a variety of things and you could be awarded scholarships because of your hard work and your achievements. And that flew out the door. When we got government uh, loans into this this whole business, uh, and because if you were taking out a loan from a bank, they would have you come in and, and they'd say, you know, you're going to be responsible for this. Uh, you know, good grades would be a good idea. And you got government involved. You know, results didn't matter. And then you've got these uh, administrators making all this kind of money. I mean, quite frankly, uh, if... Um, uh let's say at Duke you said that he is being paid a uh, little over 1 almost $1. 1.3 million dollars. You know what? He should he should have some results and every one of those kids should have a job when when they when they uh, uh graduate from Duke. So we are we're out of time. Um, but go to my website and check this out Patty. The research you've done on this is absolutely amazing and you are such a valued member of our team. Thank you.
2: Thank you very much Kim.
1: Okay. And, and thank and, you
2: to your listeners.
1: Yes, definitely. <laughs> Janet right? thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. And your amazing work, this care for for our sisters in Nigeria. Thank you. Thank you. And Debbie Cohen, it's so great to reconnect with you. Thank you. And you reached out to me and and said, guys, can we have just a few minutes? And we ended up doing a whole segment. So it's so great to have you here as well.
3: Well, I appreciate uh, the opportunity. And uh, we all need to get out there and hike. Yeah. Hike for hope. Hike for
1: hope. (laughs) So, Okay. Um, Our quote for today is Mark Twain. Love this. I have never let my schooling interfere with my education, (laughs) and so on that. Today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.